Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and as always, I'm joined by Christopher Wesley. Chris, how are you on this fine, fine day? I'm doing well, John. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, just um, enjoying life and uh, I, I get, you know, I know we're all in this, by the time this airs, uh, I believe your kids have probably gone back to school and my kids are about to go back to school and everything. So it's it's one of those hectic times of year, but you know, in the mess, I feel blessed. So yeah. 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 Oh, my kids are definitely back at school and I am, uh, I am grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful the house is a little quieter, especially as someone who works from home uh, to have that space. But, but uh, Chris, can I give you, can I give you some honest feedback? Oh, here we go. Go for it. Uh, I just want to say that I think you do a great job on the church podcast, and I just really appreciate partnering with you uh, on this show. So I just wanted to say thank you. Keep it up. All right, man. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I wish I could say the same about you. but Oh, uh, <laughs> snap. Wow. No, you, you just got my love language of East Coast snarkiness. And, <laughs> but no, of course, I, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, we're like 95 episodes in. If I didn't yeah. this, this would be like you know, the definition of torture if we didn't like each other for 95. That's like 95 weeks. It's hard to believe that you have five more episodes and uh, we're at 100. So yeah. we'll have to start talking about that, uh, soon and, and what that's going to look like. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Bring on some big time guests or something like that, or uh, maybe a fan favorite. So if people who are listening to this want us to bring back any guests in particular for episode 100, uh, just shoot us an email at questions at the church podcast.org or um, shoot John and I uh, a message on uh, social media. We would love to uh, make episode 100 special for all of our listeners out there. Uh, but John, you know, it's, it's, I liked how you started out the episode about giving me feedback because that's what we're going to talk about today. And one thing I wanted to kind of point out too is, um, and I, you know, I didn't plan it, even though I knew we were going to talk about this. But I had an initial reaction, right? You said, I have some feedback to give you. And I said, uh, oh, right. And I think when it comes to feedback, we all want it. We all desire it. It's like change, right? We all want it. We all desire it. But when it's there, we're scared about it, right? And um, before I give my thoughts as to why that is, why do you think that is? Why do you think when we hear feedback, we kind of tense up and get defensive? Yeah. It, um, the main reason is because we in leadership roles do feedback poorly. Uh, and usually we only give negative feedback and critique and we never give positive feedback. Uh, and, and that's gonna be part of our conversation today, but, but we have been disposed to, to your point, Chris, of to be fearful of it because we're like, oh great, the, the shoe has dropped. What's gonna come my way? What is, he, what is my pastor or what is this volunteer or, or whoever gonna complain about now? Um, because we think of feedback in, in, in a negative way, which is why I intentionally started with a positive comment and not a negative comment. Because, uh, Chris, you know, I really don't have anything negative to say about you. It's all positive, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. But, um, well, you know, and, and, and you're right. I mean, uh, I wish I could um, think of the study. Um, it was out of Minnesota or something like that. Maybe we can find that out and put it in the show notes. But, um, uh, there was a study where for every um, compliment comes like six uh, negative critiques. Uh, that's like kind of a, a natural 
um, sort of uh, inclination that we have as humans is that we issue one compliment with every like six or eight um, critiques or criticisms. And, and so it's easy for us to, to be in the negative. And, you know, um, in, uh, you, you think about it, right? Most times we hear criticism before we hear compliments. Um, uh, you know, you, you've written blog posts before, you know, and being a professor and, and with me writing books and everything like that, like, um, I just, uh, I've seen criticisms where I know that they're out of sorts, that they're not true, but then they still hurt my ego or my feelings and um, it's hard to recover from. So we want to avoid that conflict because we don't want to offend other people because we don't like being offended as well. But that's not healthy. That's not helpful. Uh, we need to have feedback, critique, and, um, you know, and, uh, and people giving us wisdom or else we're not going to be able to grow our ministries or, or our churches. Yeah, and that's what this episode is going to be about is how we as supervisors and leaders, not just leaders of other staff members, but also leaders of volunteers, quite honestly, because the, the, the formula for how, how we give feedback is, is the same regardless. But the, that's the topic today is how do we give feedback, both, both positive and constructive, you know, on a regular basis, because you're citing research about, um, it'll be interesting to look that up about how much more negative versus positive that we get. But the other thing that's out there that I've seen numerous times is that uh, people in, in any field, right, whether it's business, banking, real estate, ministry, whatever, long for feedback, right? To your point, Chris, is like we do long to, to, many of us long to get better at what we do. And we want to know what we're doing well so we keep that up and what we're not doing well so that right. we can work on that. And, and, right. and people long for that. And typically what happens is, is really the average minister gets zero feedback throughout mm -hmm. the year. And if you're lucky in the church, you'll get a performance evaluation. Wait, uh, what's this performance evaluation? <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about performance evaluations yeah. today. We, we'll link to a previous episode we, we did on performance evaluation. Uh, you could just go to the show notes here. If you go to churchpodcast.org, episode 95 is this particular episode, and we'll have a, a link to uh, an episode that we did on performance evaluation. But um, what happens is in, in ministry is that we let the performance evaluation, if you get it, speak for itself. So basically what happens, the, the average norm is you're getting feedback once a year and you're getting it during your performance evaluation. Uh, and that is just not, uh, not helpful uh, and not a good way of going about it. So what we want to talk about today is, is how do we provide feedback on a regular basis uh, what what is the formula for that? And and talk a little bit more about the why. So that's really going to be our agenda yeah. for today, Chris. Does that sound okay? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we go back and forth and share like rules that we recommend when it comes to feedback and, and kind of go there. Yeah. Well. Well. First, let's let's kind of share some anecdotes here. Is is you know often what happens, Chris. To your point is is we get a lot of negative feedback, but we don't get feedback very often because I think what happens is uh, we are afraid of conflict, right? You know, especially when we're talking about constructive feedback, we're afraid of conflict and we don't know how to do it. We don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And so what ends up happening is that when, when me as a leader, I have constructive feedback to give, say you, Chris, as my, my, my staff member, my employee in the church, um, because I have some negative things I want to say or some constructive things, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to, 
I, I don't want to, I don't want to offend them. I just don't want to have that conflict. So, you know, what? I'm just not going to do it. But what ends up happening time and time again, I know this has happened to me, uh, is, is that that stuff starts to pile up, right? Your, your supervisor, your leader, you know, you, it starts to pile up in your head. And all of a sudden you're like, I have so many constructive things I need to tell my, my staff members. So you finally have this ominous meeting, you know, where uh, you invite your staff member in and then you just throw up like all of this oh, negative man. feedback or constructive feedback. Uh, that may have been stuff that happened six months ago or three months ago, uh, but, but you waited so long and then all of a sudden it's, it's all this stuff. And here's why it's bad. It's not bad that you're communicating it. What's bad is how you communicate it because that's not helpful to your team member that's on your staff uh, because what ends up happening is that you let all that pile up because you're afraid to have the conflict and then you and then you throw it all up in one place and you got all these issues with them that the staff member feels really bad about themselves and they think they're doing a terrible job in ministry uh and they want to like quit you know i mean the, the emotional reaction that happens is is, yeah. is they're like they're, they're beating themselves up for it because instead of giving them feedback right away positive and constructive you waited and then you piled it on and that's such not a good way of going. And some people do that in the performance evaluation process too. And that's, it's just not effective. And, and, and what we're going to talk about is how, how do we do this more effectively? Yeah. You know, and um, anytime you're coming at a list um, as someone with a list of complaints or grievances, uh, you're not setting them up for success. And in addition to that, it's not just, um, it's not just uh, building up a list, but it could be one thing. And if you don't address that thing right away, it starts to escalate. You know, um, I, you know, I, I even think about like, you know, as parents, right? We know this. I don't know if any of your kids are like this, John, but my, my son, Matthew, something will go wrong like months ago and he'll hold on to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, my wife or I will be like, do you want a banana? And he'll start crying and like, just like screaming and, and just doesn't know. And we're like, what did we say to him or something like that? And, and it takes time before he's like, I did, I hit Benjamin, my younger brother two months ago. And, you know, and you asked about it and I lied or something like that. And we're just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like uh, that's hilarious. Know, so, <laughs> so I think for those of us who are supervised, whether you're a volunteer or a staff member and you do have uh, a supervisor who comes at you with a list or with a grievance that happened months ago, I think you have to, it's not necessarily letting them off the hook for giving you bad feedback, but I think like what you have to recognize is how difficult it was for them to bring this up and that the fear that they had. And what that tells me, um, and I think it is true, is that there is a communication problem um, that's going on in the organization. And that might be a communication problem because um, that you as a supervisor or your supervisor might be afraid of conflict um, and having an honest conversation because they're afraid of how you will react or whether you'll you know, uh, be defensive um, or they just might be so busy where they don't have the time to sit down and actually have these conversations. Um, I used to work with our, uh, our maintenance guy at the last church that I worked at. He would, have, he would always say this all the time, um, which is communication is key, communication is paramount. Right. Communication is key. Communication is paramount. You know, you see that in like Patrick Lencioni's books all the time where if you're having constant communication, sometimes it's going to be rough. 
but you know, it will be a lot better than if you have a lack of communication. Because, and this is something actually Pastor Andy Stanley says from North Point. He says, when there's a gap in communication, you can either fill it with trust or you can fill it with suspicion. And so those of us as supervisors, if things are happening, I, I think kind of the first thing that I would throw out there is address it early, address it like as soon as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that is really rule number one is, 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 is that feedback needs to be addressed right away. And again, we're, we're talking very clearly, I want to be clear that this, this model feedback that we're talking about is for positive and constructive. And so, um, you know, uh, and so we shouldn't reserve feedback for only negative things or constructive things is we should also use feedback for affirming things. And the closer you provide the feedback to to when the event happened, the better. Uh, and so I, I agree with that. Uh, it needs to happen right away. And I think point number two, you were talking about trust there, is, is assume positive intent. That's a line that I've used for years now, is I, I think we need to assume positive intent from all people. Um, you, assume that your team, your staff at your church wants to grow, wants to learn, and wants to be better at their job, which is probably the case in most cases, 99.9% of the case. That's the reality for most folks. And so I think you need to assume positive intent, which means trust, right? And trust in your, your staff members that they are going to take the feedback and use it in a way that's going to be positive and constructive in terms of building the ministry uh, that you are doing at your parish. So, so yeah, rule number one, do it right away. Rule number two, assume positive intent and have trust with folks so you, as you do that. Uh, I would say, you know, the third part of this is, is there's, uh, I think, a real simple formula for, for feedback. And I think, and again, I learned this, I have, I have referenced manager tools, which is a website and podcast that I listen to on more than one occasion. And so I have learned so much about good management, good leadership from that podcast. Uh, and so I'm going to be very clear, a, a lot of what I'm talking about is from that, uh, from that podcast, but trying to translate that uh, for a ministry setting. But there's a very simple formula they teach a manager tools, which I've used in supervisory roles. That I think is, is very simple. It is, is this is the formula. Okay, so follow me, Chris, here. So this is the formula. So, hey, Chris, uh, can I give you some feedback? Sure. Yeah. With most likely, that's what's going to happen. You ask right. the question, right? right? And most likely, your staff is going to say yes. So here's why you ask the question. You know, if Chris is in the middle of something big or Chris, Chris is in youth ministry, right? So Chris, if, if Chris is in the middle of leading a confirmation session or youth night and you come up and want to give feedback, he has a right to say, no, I'm in the middle of leading something. But more importantly, right. we want to get them in a space that they're open for feedback you don't just want to give feedback if they're not ready for it, right? You know, whatever it may be. So Chris may be leading a confirmation session. So that's a bad time to give feedback, obviously. But, but maybe he just got off the phone uh, with his wife and found out that he, one of his kids uh, is sick and needs to be brought home from school or something like that. You know, that's more urgent than anything that you have to give. And so asking the question, can I give you some feedback uh, is is an important piece to this to make sure that they're open to it. You don't just want to give feedback if they're not open to it. So that's really part one of this formula. Can I give you some feedback? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I would agree with that. And, and, and sometimes asking, or when is a good time that we can sit down to talk about, you know, um, some things I want to cover or uh, address, you know, even like, 
um, not even saying like, can I give you feedback? But when is, especially if you're a supervisor, I mean, you have every right to give them feedback, but finding that good time and putting that control with them to say like, yeah, you know what, I can do Monday or I can do um, later this afternoon um, puts them at ease. Um, but also maybe uh, I, I think it's important to give them insight into what kind of feedback you're giving them. Um, because, you know, if you come from a background where uh, you've only received negative criticism, you know, uh, you're, you're putting that person in a situation where they're going to uh, expect the worst, right? They're going to expect, uh, oh man, here comes, you know, father so-and-so, he's going to rip into me or here comes, you know, the DRE, she's going to, you know, tear me apart. And, uh, and so you have to say like, hey, I want to address, um, you know, just some information that I received about this topic um, or, uh, you know, I just uh, I want to talk about the event that you had last night. I heard some really, especially if it's good things, you can disarm them by saying like, hey, I heard some really good things. I just want to talk to you about them um, and get some more information about that, you know, and, and so that kind of sets them at ease and helps them prepare for that meeting. Sure. Well, and I think the, the second point is, as, as you as a supervisor start to roll this out, you need to start with only positive feedback at first, because we are so conditioned to think feedback as, as negative or constructive, when the reality is that's not always the case. And so I would argue your first 10, 12 times giving feedback to an individual really needs to focus in on the positive, especially as you're starting new at this, right? To, your, to use your word, Chris, to disarm them, to say, hey, I, I, my job as your supervisor is to help you become a better minister. Uh, and I'm going to do that by providing affirmation. But also, there are always things that we can work on in our own professional growth. And so there'll be times for that. But you're right. We need to start positive. So the first 10 to 12 times that you start to give feedback on a regular basis really does need to be positive. Again, just to kind of switch that up you know, uh, because we are so conditioned to be negative. And so I think that's a really excellent point. So the second part of this, Chris, in terms of, of how you provide the feedback, first you ask the question, right? And, and now you need to be specific about the action, right? So there's, there's a difference between saying, oh, you're just, you're doing a great job, which is not very specific, right? You know, it's okay, right? Mm. Um, but it's not always really helpful. You can say, oh, okay, thank you. But there's nothing, there's nothing to learn. Chris, if I tell you you're doing a great job, in, out loud you'll say thank you, but inside you're like, what am I doing a great job with? It, it why, sounds shallow or it, it sounds surface and shallow. Yeah, well, but, here, but here's the more important piece of this and why you want to be specific is that, if you're affirming them, you want them to continue the behavior, you know, that they're doing. And so being specific allows them to keep doing that behavior that's positive. Or if it's constructive, you be clear about the behavior that you want them to change. So this is about behavior, right? So we want behaviors to change. So, uh, so Chris, can I give you some feedback? Yeah, so you give me some sure, feedback yes. <laughs> say yes. yes. I was trying to cue you to say yes. So, uh, you know, that confirmation session that you led last night was really incredible. The way that you told that story about your, your conversion experience uh, was, was really positive. I love the way that you tell stories. Keep it up. So, so that was just really specific, right? And, right, and right. you know, we've talked about storytelling before and how important that is. I wanted to affirm that Chris sharing his story about faith, about conversion, about transformation is good for the young people to hear. Uh, and I want him to keep doing yeah, and sharing the stories. And so it's very specific, but so yeah. that's kind of part two of the formula. Can I give you some feedback? 
and then be very specific about what it is positive or negative. So, and we're focusing on positive right now. Yeah, no, and, and even so, um, when you don't provide positive feedback, um, or when you don't provide feedback at all, but especially positive feedback, it does uh, force someone to question, like, am I on the right path, right? If I'm not receiving any kind of feedback, you know, that, that can be on me for not reaching out to people, but if people are not giving me that feedback, then I might not feel good, like, you know, using the confirmation uh, example, I might have given that presentation and felt like it was a struggle for me to give it. Um, and if I don't hear from other people that, no, 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 despite how hard it was for me to do that, that it was a positive experience, next time I might say like, you know what, we're not gonna do storytelling and we're gonna just go to a workbook model or something along those lines. So positive feedback um, will, again, encourage positive behavior because you're identifying what is working and what's, what's right. And sometimes we as the, as the leader or the individual don't recognize that in ourselves. And that's why we need other people around us to give us positive feedback. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, exactly. So, so the first part of the formula, can I give you some feedback? The second part of the formula is be specific about what behavior that you're affirming or being constructive about. And then the third part of the formula, you've already heard me say it. It's like, you know, you did a really good job storytelling. The third part is keep it up. That's an important piece of the formula, right? Because basically what you're telling your staff members, like, I want you to keep doing that behavior. So ask the question, be specific, and then ask them to either change or to keep it up. So again, you know, in this case, it's positive. So, so keep it up. So let, let's, let's switch it here, Chris. Chris, I'm going to provide you some negative feedback. All right. You ready for this? Uh, I appreciate the heads up. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, Chris, can I give you some feedback? Uh, no, not right now. I'm in the middle of a podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Sure. <laughs> that would be an appropriate response, by the way. And, yeah. and if he said that, if he said no, then that's fine. I said, oh, great. I'll catch up with you later. We'll talk later. No worries. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and just, just, that's fine. If the time is not right, you can just say no worries and move on. Right. You'll get a chance to interact with them later. You mm -hmm. can do it later on that day or the next day, I think would be fine. So, so thanks for saying no, but yeah. well, let's try this again, Chris. Chris, can I give you okay. some feedback? Uh, Yes, John, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I noticed that uh, when you were uh, interacting with the young people uh, the other day, uh, that I noticed that you were, it, one of the kids was being ignored over in the other side of the room. Um, can you just uh, make sure that young people are feeling included in the future? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Now, uh, yeah. Okay, you're my boss, sure. <laughs> so I want to actually give you some feedback on your example. Great, right? good. All right, so what <laughs> you probably should have said is, hey, I noticed that there was a kid in the corner of the room. I want to know, did you notice that? Mm. Or were you aware of that situation? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're also, you don't want to jump into a situation assuming that they know what you know as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I found that, I've been in situations where someone's given me a, a critique or criticism. They've given me the benefit of doubt, like mm -hmm. saying like, okay, maybe he knows more about the situation. But then the opportunity to be like, you know what? Um, one of my other leaders reached out to him and he's just feeling overwhelmed. So we're giving him his quiet space. Or um, it might be like, oh no, I, I didn't realize that. And that's you saying like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about like maybe how those things go unnoticed or unmissed or you, it's even an opportunity to say like you know what i've seen that and there's actually a couple of other areas are you, uh, i feel like i've noticed you distracted recently 
And so kind of giving them the opportunity to explain themselves or to, to own the situation, I think is important there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's my feedback to you. Yeah, feedback. that's good. No, that's helpful. And, and again, I think being sensitive to what type of, uh, what type of behavior that you're looking at, I think is important, right? And so uh, let, let me give you another example. Let's try something a little bit more mundane, which may be a little bit more clear, clear cut here. So, but this is good. I appreciate it. Uh, Chris, can I give you some feedback? Sure. Uh, when you don't respond to an email uh, that I wrote, you know, within 48 hours, it makes me feel like uh, you are not attentive to the communication that needs to happen between us as staff. Can, can you work on responding quicker to emails in the future? You know, John, I, I apologize. I didn't realize that it made you feel that way. Um, that was not my intention. Of course, I will work uh, harder on that. There you go. So, and that's, that's a little bit more mundane, but those are some of the things that we work on. So I appreciate because I, I think the other example, I think was probably a poor example in terms of feedback, but, but, but again, pay attention to the formula. Okay. I give you some feedback. So you ask the question the same way, whether it's positive or constructive feedback, can I give you some feedback? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I, I was specific about what the issue was. So the behavior was not responding to emails in a timely manner. Now, I'm talking about emails to me as your supervisor. The inference might also mean, are you not responding to parishioners' emails, who is our quote-unquote, our customer, right, on a timely manner? But, you know, again, that was the behavior, respond to emails in a timely manner. But then I think it was important to say kind of what is the, the reaction to that? It's like um, – it, 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 it seems like it, it, it maybe it feels like you don't care or what, what is the consequence of that behavior not being acted on? I think is an important piece of that second part. And then simply asking them to, to change, you know, and can you work on that, right? Can you work on that? Yes, I, I, I can work on that. And so I think your response to that was, was probably a very typical response that you would get when you're providing any sort of feedback, uh, both positive or constructive. Well, you know, and this is basically like interpersonal communications. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how many people know this, but the communications major and, you know, we, we went through these, these exercises. And one thing that was important that John did in his feedback is he mentioned how the situation made him feel, not necessarily my action. He didn't say, you not responding to emails makes me feel like I'm, you know, neglected. He's like, I've noticed that emails haven't been responded to um, within 48 hours, I feel blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, uh, what's important for me then as the person receiving the feedback is not to get defensive, but first acknowledge his emotions and his feelings. And I, you know, I know that can be hard because initially you wanna get defensive, but if you wanna help that person who's giving you the criticism, who, who might be feeling a little um, overwhelmed by the situation, acknowledge the fact that like, you know, that I didn't realize that um, you were upset or I didn't realize that you were disappointed or confused or whatever uh, they uh, mentioned. Acknowledge it. Whether you have to apologize for it or not, that's a whole nother thing, but, you know, acknowledge it and then address the action and how maybe you'll change that so they don't feel that emotion as well. Because they might say like, hey, not having an email respond to in 48 hours makes me feel disconnected. That, that might not be your problem. That might be them, but you acknowledging the fact and say, I'm sorry you felt disconnected. That was not my intention. Um, you know, and then say, you know, next time I'll, I'll, I'll pay more attention to that. Or what are some ways, um, you know, that, uh, let, 
like what are suggestions that you have because I feel overwhelmed by my inbox, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and bring them in, you know, turn the critique into a conversation where you're collaborating. So three C's right there, turn the critique into uh, um, a conversation where you're having collaboration over improving the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and part of it is the communication, right? So maybe Chris, you didn't know that I had an expectation that emails are responded to in, in 24 or 48 business hours, right? And so there was an opportunity for me to communicate that. And, and, and again, I do this with my kids often as well. I have young kids at home and, and I know Chris, you got young kids at home too. My kids will apologize to me um, you know, but really I don't want them to apologize. I really want them to change their behavior. Like mm -hmm. that's what it really comes down to. And so, so apologies may or may not be warranted, uh, but the change of behavior is, and that's really as managers, as supervisors, as leaders in the church, that's really what we're looking for, you know, is that change of behavior. Um, so that again, they're, they've become a, a better minister. Uh, and I think that's uh, an important piece to this. So, so again, just to kind of recap the formula as we, as we begin to wrap up here, can I give you some feedback? Yes or no. If they say no, just say, okay, I'll catch you another time, you know, and, and respect that. And that's okay. Just because you're their boss doesn't mean it's like, nope, I'm going to give you feedback right now. Now you're really setting them up to not listen to you. So respect that if they say no. Most cases, they'll say yes if they're not preoccupied with something uh, busy. It's like, and then give the, the, give the behavior and the consequence of that. It's like, uh, again, you know, when, I, when you shared your story of conversion with, those, the, with the young people at Confirmation last night, uh, they reacted really positively to that. So be specific about what behavior and what the consequences of the behavior are. And in this case, this is a positive one. And then, and then the last one at the end, say, keep it up if it's positive, right? Because you want to encourage that behavior or say, can you, can you work on that? Can you change that? Uh, because you, you're looking to change behavior for the negative consequence. So that's a very simple feedback formula that I use and I find helpful. And, and hopefully you as, as a supervisor, as a leader in the church, find that helpful as well. Yeah, and what I would add on to that too is in regards to, you never have to look for negative criticism, right? That just seems, if you're a supervisor and um, you want to provide feedback to your staff or your volunteers, um, criticism about them is going to emerge naturally. You don't have to look for that. Positive stuff you do have to look for and that you have to be intentional about finding that and you have to be intentional about giving that to your team. Um, so, um, and, and it's not to let people off the hook for bad behavior or just poor performance or anything like that, but recognize the fact that if, and this goes back to John, your earlier statement, if all you're providing is negative feedback or no feedback at all, um, people, and there's a gap in that communication, people are going to fill it with suspicion and they're going to, or trust, um, and they're going to trust and think, oh, my boss doesn't think I'm doing anything wrong and continue along the wrong path or the right path. Or they'll fill it with suspicion and be like, ah, you know what? He never says anything, you know, um, therefore, uh, you know, I think um, I'm doing something wrong. Um, he's never complimenting me, so uh, he must not like me, you know, and, and the mind can do some crazy things. And so, again, it's important to look for opportunities to provide feedback, whether it's positive or negative, but especially being more intentional around the positive.
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, if you're just starting this, really focus in on the positive feedback for, mm-hmm. for a good long while and don't introduce constructive feedback uh, until you've kind of broken their sensitivity to feedback always being negative. And so always, yeah. start, always start with the positive. And again, remember the last rule there is, is to address it as soon as you can. Don't wait don't let it pile up and then kind of throw up all this negative feedback onto your staff members at, at some random meeting uh, because that's actually, it's ineffective. It's bad leadership is what it really comes down to. And we need, we want effective, efficient ministry so that we can serve our parishioners so that we could create disciples uh, and who, who love Jesus and who love the church. And, and so we need to try to do that in a real positive way immediate feedback is a way to do that. And certainly don't wait for the performance evaluation <laughs> to, to provide all that yeah. negative feedback. That's also, <laughs> that's worse. That's not helpful at all. <laughs> well, and, and John, let me ask you one last question. Um, if I'm a supervisor and I'm in the situation where all of a sudden I, I do have a list of uh, grievances or complaints towards an employee, and I've never done this before. Like, let's say I'm in that boat. Like, what, what do I do? Do I address them? Like, do I address them in like little drips? Um, you know, do I let them go um, and only address like the more recent ones? What are, if I'm in this situation where I've never given people feedback before and it, it is a bunch of negative stuff piling up, how do I address that? Yeah, I think it's a good question. So let's start with the minutia. If it's negative, but it's like minutia, like not a big deal, like no one's going to die or anything, and you haven't addressed it and, and it's been over a month, then you need to let it go because that's unfair um, to your, your staff member to bring that up, especially if it's inconsequential. And I don't mean inconsequential right. as in the behavior doesn't need to change. The behavior needs to change. But like if you're saying – uh, that email that I wrote to you two months ago, you hadn't responded to it in over, in over 48 hours. Like, okay, that's, that's inconsequential in the sense that that was a long time ago. So I think you need to let go of that list and, and focus in only on the, the recent stuff that just happens. And yeah, if you're just starting, again, I would say stick with positive first, right, to kind of break that mold. But then you can drip drop some of that stuff in, uh, Again, if, it, if it's small behavioral changes. Now, if it's big behavioral changes, then that's a different ballgame, Chris. And that's where I think, you know, you need to sit down and, and do that during a one-on-one meeting uh, and have that conversation. Because, uh, you know, if it's something that's really bad for the organization, for your ministry, for the church, then, then it does need to be addressed, even if it was a while ago. But again, I think you need to be careful. Like you, you don't want to set yourself up for failure because you've waited so long to address the issue. So again, if it's minutia, let it go, you know, focus only on the immediate stuff. If it's a big stuff. Then you probably need to have a meeting about it. But when I mean big stuff, like I mean, big stuff, like, you know, uh, potentially fireable offenses, you know, or, or anything, you know, you know, sexual abuse, sexual conduct, obviously those types of things, those are the big stuff, you know. Uh, but again, feedback really is not about those big items. Feedback is really about day-to-day behavior that affects ministry in a positive or negative mm-hmm. way. If, yeah. if you're dealing with any of those big stuff, then that's a different conversation that you probably need to get more people involved at some point. So. Yeah, good. Yeah.
Well said, well said. Well, we want your feedback and you can provide that to us on iTunes. You don't have to ask us if we want feedback. We're asking you to provide that to us. And so if you go to uh, iTunes or uh, thechurchpodcast.org, you can leave reviews there on our episodes, any episodes. Tell us how good or uh, bad we are doing. Um, it is all welcome and will be received. Um, but if you want to reach out to us uh, and have questions, uh, shoot us a question at the questions at thechurchpodcast.org. Um, or go to the churchpodcast.org and leave a comment there. You can reach out to John and I uh, individually. John, if people want to reach you, where's the best place to go? Yeah, you can find me on social media at John Ronaldo, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, and of course, you can learn everything that we do uh, in, in our ministry at parasuccessgroup.com. And you can find me at Marathon Youth Ministry on social media or marathonyouthministry.com. Um, and would love to, again, just hear your thoughts, what you want to talk about when it comes to church ministry so that we can help you do church better. Uh, John, thanks for the feedback. I feel affirmed. I feel challenged. I feel better. Uh, why don't you close this out in prayer? <laughs> I would love to. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, God, for this, uh, another incredible podcast episode. Thank you for the opportunity to just serve the Catholic and, and ministry world in this particular way, Lord. We just pray that what we are able to do here in the church podcast uh, is fruitful and, and is serving your people uh, and serving leaders of the church in some way, shape, or form, Lord. Help us to continue to have that positive influence again so that people can come to know you more fully through the work that, that we're doing at the local parish level. Lord, continue to bless all of our listeners, everyone that's, that's uh, listening to this podcast. Be with them in their ministry. Bless their ministry. Help them thrive. Help them succeed in their work, Lord. And, and again, we know that we do all of this uh, because of your love and your mercy and your grace, Lord. So we thank you for all that, that you've given us uh, and continue to bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.